Um, I, this is a big subject in which I have uh, 20 minutes. And uh, uh, <laughs> so I'll stick to 20 minutes and I'll stop after 20 minutes. Um, and I'll start from right now. Um, Drucker was uh, well known for asking uh, key questions. And there is a question that has been um, bothering me uh, and uh, probably a number of you for a long time. And that what is God saying to us here in the United States through this devastation that we've experienced uh, from this AIG economic meltdown, which continues to uh, move on in its implications and it seems to be relentless. Uh, the, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've been meditating on it, um, um, but I do know one piece of advice that we can take um, uh, through this time, and it, and it comes from um, Paul's writing to, to the Romans in chapter 12, uh, uh, verse 21, where he says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And um, so re my remarks will, will, will be dealing with, with that. Uh, Drucker did uh, deal with that question, and uh, I am uh, pre prepared uh, to do so. Uh, I, I have worked uh, in, in the last um, 20 uh, years or so, 20, 25 years, uh, in the inter intersection between the uh, theology of work and, um, and management. And I have come to know uh, the, uh, the, the sparkling insights of theologians um, in the theology of work. And I've also come to know the, the pragmatics of managing. So the context that I've worked is described uh, best to me by J.I. Packer in the preface to his Knowing God, where he contrasts the, uh, the work of the balconiers uh, with the work of the travelers. Now, I, I hope you're not offended if I, if I call theologians balconiers and executive travelers, and I'm somewhere in between uh, because I interact with both. Uh, so having a, a, a tra travelers are, in, are, are engaged in um, what I think Herman Hess um, best uh, described as the polluted, vulgar, turbulent, strife-torn, money-grubbing world. Uh, um, and uh, he concludes that, uh, that our precepts are only fool's gold, uh, unless they can be put into practice by, in, in, in this case, executives. I've been influenced by a number of people in this room, also by uh, Miroslav Wolf in his uh, book, um, uh, Work in the Spirit, Toward a Theology of Work, where he, tried to contrast, he tries to contrast the role of the theologian with the role of the social scientist, the economist, the, the, the management professor. He says, my main task will be to develop a theological framework for understanding human work and to elucidate the implicit ethical principles that should guide our efforts uh, to assess and restructure the world of work. For lack of space and so on, I've chosen to refrain from making proposals about how these ethical principles should be translated into concrete policies. The, uh, this complex task, I take it to be the creative assignment of the Christian economist and the social scientists to be carried out in dialogue with theologians. I like that very much, and that's, I think, what we're doing.
here this weekend. So that leads me to my work with uh, Peter Drucker, who for much of his life really tried to bridge the work of the executive with uh, the norm or what ought to be. And as best I know of the kingdom of God at work, that is what his norm was. I know that's a bold statement. Um, And I often asked him how he could do so much consulting. And his answer was he tried to ease the transition. Um, Drucker was quick to see the strengths in people, and one of his great lessons for us is to build on strengths while minimizing the impact of weaknesses. But he held a deep concern about the lust for power among executives of society's uh, institutions. So that's the little area that I'd like to focus on, the huge area, actually, but that little piece that I can focus on today. We know from Scripture that the very, uh, we, we know the, 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 that the lust for power was one of the three weapons Satan used against Christ. In Matthew 4, verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give to you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels uh, came and attended uh, to, uh, to him. This third temptation is where Satan tempts Jesus by the lust for power. Worship me and I'll give you enormous power perhaps for a little while, over these kingdoms. Um, A very distinguished management scholar, who didn't know how wrong she was, uh, criticized uh, Drucker by writing, there's no evil in the world, Drucker shows us. To which Drucker responded, I started out teaching religion. I am only too aware that human beings perversely insist on behaving like human beings and that this means pettiness and greed, vanity and lust for power, and yes, evil. After all, my first book was on the rise of Nazism. He knew it, up front, close. The only thing that works, um, and admittedly with only indifferent success, is this great tradition of Western political thought that really goes back to Plato, or at least Aristotle, and is known as constitutionalism. Limiting power by power, making sure that the units of power are kept small, containing the dangers of megalomania and the lust for power through countervailing forces, for example, through a strong board of directors or through a, uh, uh, through a three-person top management team, and above all, by making objectives and performance uh, the, um, uh, the test, rather than personality and charisma. Drucker then goes on to say, what I've been trying to do is to first develop the norm, what ought to be, and then the constitutional principles that enable the well-meaning and virtuous to achieve it. And that will be, and that will at least slow down and impede the corrupt and the vicious. That's what he was about. So he spent 
uh, 70 years, long working life, right up to two weeks before his death, focusing on how to create societies that function. Talking to one of your distinguished theologians from Armenia, that is not easy. Um, he, 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 he was not trying to create an optimal society. He was trying to create one that was bearable and hopeful. And as you begin to look around the world at the number of failed states and the number of non-functioning societies, you have to say, blessed be the Lord for what we've experienced here in the heritage of the United States our, that our founders have bequeathed to us. Drucker held a consistent set of uh, philosophical assumptions, especially about those uh, having to do with human nature. He believed in the capacity of human beings to manage complex organizations, designing organizations where people enjoy freedom by engaging in responsible behavior and innovating so as to maintain uh, continuity in the midst of change. That's what we're going through now. We're going through a period of massive discontinuity. He, he, he did believe that the best organizations develop their people both intellectually and morally. Yet he never lost sight of the realities of human nature, and this led him to believe that if there is to be true freedom in organizations, that the only basis for the freedom is the Christian concept of man's nature. Imperfect, weak, a sinner, yet created in the image of God. The lust for power was for Drucker the fundamental sin of human nature and the central problem of management that organizations had to counteract, minimize, redirect, uh, especially the lust for power and greed while simultaneously appeal, uh, appealing to the better uh, uh, angels of our nature by nurturing life-giving values which he thought were a were a result area, something to be sought as a result. So he proposed constitutionalism, uh, um, the governing principles uh, for running an organization, including federalism, the distribution of power um, in, in an organization uh, between a central authority and its units, and a number of other um, um, tools uh, to uh, deal with the darker side of human nature and to promote effective uh, governance. Again, slow down and impede. He made the transition between uh, political federalism and corporate federalism. Um, um, actually, he was looking for what was in our Constitution when he was writing his, um, his doctorate, doctoral dissertation, which he happened to write on uh, uh, Frederick Julius Stahl, uh, a converted Jew, uh, who was um, um, uh, an ecclesiastical parliamentician um, who was trying to develop a constitution for uh, Germany during uh, the 1850s, 1860s, unaware of what had been done in the United States, or perhaps aware that we were then just going through a civil war. So this is a part of a larger framework uh, of management as a liberal art, and it's, it is contained in our book, um, Drucker's Lost Art of Management. Um, uh, and uh, so uh, here are just some of the principles he took from our founding fathers. 
that he incorporated into his uh, management. One, the founder's notion of the need for a virtuous society, Republican virtue, small r, it's directly connected to his norm for uh, virtue or, leader, or integrity in leadership. Integrity in leadership was what he called the touchstone or the essence. That's the virtuous. The virtuous leader, one who assumes responsibility as a debt or as a duty, not as rank and privilege. It's interesting to note uh, William Miller's subtitle of, uh, of his uh, book, uh, recent book on President uh, Abraham Lincoln, The Duty of a Statesman. A virtuous leader uses merit as consistent with political realities um, as the basis for making appointments and carrying out a, a other executive functions. Uh, as we look back at our history, George Washington was almost the perfect uh, leader. Uh, our our uh, framers didn't know what to call him, a presider or a president. Um, uh, long on service, proven executive capacity, strong character, even temperament, mindful of the failures of leadership in, in European history, and did not want to be a king. Uh, Lincoln was the perfect leader to sustain the Union and create a new birth of freedom by leading our nation through the Civil War, a bigger job perhaps than Washington himself had. Tolstoy is, explains the essence of Lincoln's greatness. Now why was Lincoln so great that he overshadows all other national heroes? He really was not a great general like Napoleon or Washington. He was not such a skillful statesman as Gladstone or Frederick the Great, but his supremacy expresses itself altogether in the peculiar moral power and greatness of his character. Principle two, the legitimacy and authority, I'm sorry, the legitimacy of power and authority. That was a question Drucker wrestled with all his life without a satisfactory solution because basing his work on Stahl, uh, who, who, who in turn based it on uh, the Lutheran uh, teachings, um, that the monarchy, the, the, the monarchy should, be, be, should be responsible to and the people subservient to, uh, he, he, he was uh, converting it to a secular uh, view. And so we sought to make power and authority subservient to responsibility and responsibility anchored in truth. He believed in objective uh, truth. Values weren't, were not relative for, to Drucker. So the power exerted uh, uh, towards the colonies was widely viewed as illegitimate, especially taxation without representation. Legitimate power is power used in service of the basic mission of the organization and is exercised by way of responsibility and obligation to the people served. Principle three, individual sovereignty liberate people for their good and for the good of society. Sovereignty in the U.S. Constitution is placed in the hands of the people, delegated to their elective representatives. This is exactly the concept behind Drucker's linkage of decentralization and management by objectives. Create freedom in organizations along with responsibility, leading to personal sovereignty and fulfillment of an organization's uh, 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 mission. Now this is freedom in a weaker sense, and again I'm quoting from Wolf, uh, freedom in a, in a sense of being able to set and pursue one's own goals in work, not necessarily uh, 
that are in line with what the rest of the organization is, is attempting. Not necessarily freedom in a stronger sense of always being able to engage in whatever we want. That's license. Uh, principle four, the dangers of unchecked power. Absolute power, of course, corrupts absolutely. And here, James Madison, uh, we have to thank, who wrestled with this in, in the Federalist Papers, uh, uh, the need for separation of power in government and in other organizations to prevent concentration. No matter how virtuous they may be, well, we may disagree, but I've, I've meditated on Romans uh, 8, but also uh, you have to go through Romans 7. And I don't think we as Christians ever get through Romans 7. I, I, I haven't. Um, uh, so this, uh, the, 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 the dangers of unchecked power come from uh, our solved through, by curbing power through corporate federalism and um, um, uh, uh, by um, balancing, uh, creating checks and balances between um, um, the central unit and the operating units and by political pluralism, uh, um, uh, both within government, executive, legislative, and judicial, and outside of government in the uh, private, public, and social uh, uh, sectors. Um, my, my time is running short, so I, I'm going to uh, just uh, take, summarize these basic ideas. Strive for virtue and leadership. Strive for legitimacy of power. Uh, try to create sovereignty or freedom in the individual, but without license freedom and responsibility, and separate power, check power with power. Um, the, uh, Drucker went on to show how, um, how this all worked out uh, in corporations and uh, his life's work, uh, major life's work in organizations started with General Motors and he, he uh, uh, sh shows it there. He demonstrates it there. The, the, the main vehicle um, that he used for management is uh, management by objectives, all coming out of the same framework, um, coupled with self-control. It's the overall management philosophy that he proposed for resolving this tension between individual freedom, sovereignty, and authority, especially between executives of central units and, and operating units. So MBO uh, with self-control is the best solution we have to advance individual freedom in organizations. And the empirical evidence on its effectiveness is, a, is astounding. We're collecting it right now. I have a doctoral student uh, uh, doing it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll close at, uh, at this point by simply uh, concluding that Drucker's life's work consists of tangible solutions for the management of corporations and other institutions of society to create societies that function. His concept of management as a liberal art with its goal of creating functioning societies has had enough success to give us hope and enough difficulty to make us wary of very easy solutions. Thank you.